Hello, this is Alex Granado, Senior Reporter for Education NC, and you're listening to Ed Talk. Today we're talking with Robert Templin. He's a professor at the College of Education at North Carolina State University, and he was a former president for 12 years at Northern Virginia Community College. Robert, thank you for being here today. Alex, thank you. Thank you for having me. And so uh, me and you are going to talk about enrollment trends at community colleges in North Carolina and around the country. And I had the opportunity to listen to a presentation you gave. And and one of the most interesting things, or what really stuck with me, was this idea that enrollment trends are changing, but that's not necessarily reflective of a difference in community colleges, but more reflective of a difference in our society and our larger society. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, that's right. Well, enrollment trends are reflective of what's happening in our country. And uh, there are, are some major macro forces that are impacting enrollment, uh, not just at community colleges across the country, but in higher education generally. Uh, the first and most powerful one for community colleges is where the economy is. So enrollments in community colleges are counter-cyclical with the economy. In other words, when the economy is rolling really well and there's full employment, uh, people don't feel a need to learn new knowledge and skill because employment is abundant. But when we go through a recession, people are laid off, they're looking for new opportunities, they recognize I'm probably going to have to learn some new knowledge and skill. And if I'm out of work, a good way to use my time productively is in learning those new new skills. And so uh, that's probably the dominant force. So in when we went through the last recession uh, that uh, hit the bottom around 2009, community college enrollments were their highest ever in the nation's history and in North Carolina. But as the economy began to recover, those enrollments have been dropping. And so enrollments in community colleges have been dropping ever since 2009. Uh, More or less about 20% since uh, 2009 to today. And it's likely to continue further uh, for the second reason that I'm going to mention, and that is that uh, the changing demographics of our our society. Uh, Enrollments, uh, graduations from high school are expected to remain flat Uh, from now until about 2025, and then they're expected to decline. And community colleges will find that reflected in their enrollment as well. So if the the economy is good and uh, high school graduations don't increase beyond projections, there's going to be another drop in enrollment after 2025 if if things stay the way that they are. And so I want to go a little bit further on each of those, but let me start with the with the first one. You're talking about how as the economy gets better, people are less likely to go and, and get more education to get a job. Right. Uh, at the same time, as I sit in on State Board of Community College meetings or, or listen to other people who are experts in the field, they talk about talking to people in industry who are looking for skilled workers but can't find them. Uh, so how do these two kind of phenomenon coexist? Are are people um, just not interested in the types of jobs because the economy is so good that you might get from retraining at a community college? Well, um, let's step back a minute. And we're witnessing a change in our economy as these cycles take place, that as jobs are destroyed through uh, layoffs, in a down session, as new jobs come online, as the economy recovers, 
They're not the same jobs that come back. The jobs that come back that pay well uh, increasingly require some form of post-secondary education. And so if a person wants to maintain their standard of life, they have little choice but to continue to skill up in some fashion. It could be on the job training or it could be at a community college. Community college tends to be the most favored. Uh, but now the situation that we have right now is that the majority of new good jobs being created in North Carolina, for example, require more than high school but less than a bachelor's degree. And there's a growing shortage of uh, workers to fill those jobs. At the same time, uh, significant portions of the North Carolina population have not recovered from the recession. So while the economy overall has recovered, um, there are 30 or more counties in North Carolina that they haven't recovered. And yet there are hundreds, if not thousands, of job vacancies in the Charlotte, Mecklenburg area and uh, and in the Research Triangle area that are going unfilled because of this mismatch between uh, available work and workers with the right skill sets. It becomes uh, almost unbearable for employers to the point where they have to look outside the state to bring people in. And that's the dangerous dynamic that we're watching, is that people that don't have the skills for the new jobs but do find employment, uh, aren't taking advantage of the better jobs that are available in their own backyard uh, because perhaps they're not motivated to get that. Um, they're not pushed to the brink of, of uh, being scared about employment. But whatever the consequence, enrollments continue to decline until that economic cycle begins to reverse itself. And so, uh, you know, having people in North Carolina who still haven't recovered from the recession, having this skills gap sounds like a real opportunity for the community college system in North Carolina to target people who, for whatever reason, aren't coming. It does. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? But they're not the same people that they used to be. So more and more jobs are requiring higher levels of education. And the folks that traditionally have gotten that education already have it. It's those who have traditionally not participated, and those would be uh, rural populations, low-income families, uh, minorities. Uh, these have been the segments of our population who historically haven't participated in post-secondary education. They now represent the fastest-growing part of our population. In fact, half of the children in North Carolina that are 10 and under are non-white. And so that represents the future of North Carolina's population. That's the opportunity that you mentioned for North Carolina's community colleges, which means breaking out of the traditional populations that have been served and finding new ways to reach those who have not been served before. That's going to require new strategy, uh, new outreach, new partnerships, and um, uh, that's both the challenge and the opportunity that North Carolina community colleges face. And so that kind of dovetails a little bit more into the demographics. So, so the populations who are now in need of what community colleges have to offer are not the populations that the community colleges used to serve, and that's going to necessitate a uh, change in mindset for that's the system. Right. That's right. And it, it will mean um, that community colleges will need to form partnerships with um, the K-12 through school systems in ways historically perhaps they may not have, which include uh, increasing the aspiration of 
uh, certain groups to think about college. So if no one in your family has ever gone to college before, it's hard for children to have an aspiration to want to go to college. And so how did they get that? Well, it, I think it means that community colleges and public schools working together um, create the expectation that we need for you to be thinking about going on beyond high school and creating pathways that are discernible to them. Uh, if they have no guide at home, how do they navigate this higher education system? Well, it may be that community colleges have to be that navigator for these new populations. This represents new efforts that historically haven't taken place before. And something else you talked about when you were presenting to the State Board of Community Colleges is how some of the things that we traditionally think of as not being um, professions where you would need a bachelor's degree are increasingly becoming professions where you need more than just uh, the traditional you know, career and technical education. You may also need to go get a bachelor's degree to continue to be uh, competitive in today's economy. That's right. So we used to think of of education in terms of vocational education or career and technical education where you went immediately to work or you got a university education, you got your bachelor's degree and you went on to the professions. But um, interestingly, the, the area of greatest interest of students and opportunity for community college students are in career and technical fields that now are um, expecting a bachelor's degree. Uh, one of those that I'll just mention to you would be in the area of cybersecurity, uh, an area that probably represents one of the greatest skill gaps in our country today, this insatiable demand for those who are, it's not just in IT companies, but banks and literally every kind of business today has to be aware of, uh, of the vulnerabilities to their information infrastructure. And so cybersecurity specialists are very much needed. And the skills that can be taught for that field uh, are taught at a community college, but increasingly businesses are looking for individuals that have those technical skills, but then have a, a rounded out education so that they're able to work on professional teams and that they're able to supervise others. And so if you want to be competitive in that field, starting at a community college, getting a career and technical certificate that's recognized by industry, but then continuing your education toward the bachelor's degree is a trend that's, uh, that's growing very, very rapidly. So it's a false dichotomy. The old notion of you can get your career skills or you can go to the university, it's no longer that dichotomy. It's really you should be thinking about both. If you want to start with career and technical education and get that entry-level job, and then continue your education toward a bachelor's degree. That seems to be the formula for a lot of fields now. And there's a long tradition in community colleges, in, additional to, in addition to career and technical education, of being a place where a student can go for two years and then transfer to a four-year university. What are the en enrollment trends like with that type of student? Well, while there have been declining enrollments generally, um, enrollments in college transfer have been increasing. Uh, and um, whether the, it partly uh, could be because the cost of a university education continues to go up and up and up, and families are very conscious of that. Uh, perhaps it's also that many students find that they have to work while they go to college, and a community college is very convenient for them. 
Um, whatever the reason, increasingly uh, students are turning to the community college, not just for career and technical education, but for that college transfer. And it represents a strong and growing element of the student population. So it, unlike other trends, seems to be suggesting that more and more students are interested in using community colleges as the first step in their journey toward a bachelor's degree. And in particular, when it comes to something like college tuition, it doesn't seem like there's any end in the future to high four-year, the high cost for a four-year degree. No, it's uh, one of the commentaries of our of our life today is that students are graduating heavily in debt and uh, having to postpone things like marriage and buying a house. And I think uh, wise consumers are looking at the value proposition the community colleges offer, especially if they're guaranteed that the coursework that they take at the community college is guaranteed to transfer and that they can complete a four-year program in four years if they do the first two at the community college. The, the cost savings is enormous and a very wise choice. The difficulty is that students, again, attending community college often don't know how to navigate that. How do you create a four-year program two at the community college and two at the university, unless it's very well spelled out. And that's another area that community colleges and universities uh, are working on uh, and, and must work on if this enrollment trend that we're talking about continues. And so once upon a time when at least I thought about education, I, I saw very clear lines between K-12, community college, and four-year universities. More and more in this job, it seems like the I'm seeing the lines blur more. Is that is that true, or is that just a growing awareness on my no, part? No, it is it is blurring, and I think uh, the, the current trend with regard to what's called the 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 promise program in many states, where we're looking at uh, tuition for college being waived or being free up through the community college is a recognition that uh, that almost mandatory public education now doesn't stop at grade 12, but needs to continue for at least two years more. Often begins while individuals are still in high school. So it's not unusual to see 11th and 12th graders taking college level work in high school and continuing on through the community college as part of their public education with the university being the capstone for that. And seeing often that university work is being done at the community college campus um, blurs those lines, and I think that blurring is really good because it means that um, individuals can tailor uh, higher education to the circumstances of their lives rather than having to fit into the mold of being a full-time residential student uh, with a lot of young people. Uh, most community college students are over age 25, uh, often married with a job, and this provides them a convenient alternative. Well, Robert, thank you so much for being with me today. Alex, it's been a pleasure. We've been talking with Robert Templin. He is a professor at the College of Education at North Carolina State University, and he was a former president at Northern Virginia Community College. And you've been listening to Ed Talk. This is Alex Granado, Senior Reporter for Education NC. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>